Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. Her name is Ilana Freeland, and she wrote a book October 20th, 2021. Title of the book is Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetics, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology. And it has 48 five-star reviews right now on Amazon. Really a fascinating book. I've read through it. Clarified a lot of things that I wasn't really, didn't have kind of a cemented idea about. So really, her research, by the way, first rate. It's a very superbly and supremely well-researched book. Sometimes I see these titles, and I don't know what's in the book. So I was really very, very pleasantly surprised when I was looking through it. It's not her first book. She published in 2014, Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. And then in 2018, Under an Ionized Sky, From Chemtrails to Space Fence Locked Down. She's also written four volumes of a fictional title book, which is based upon reality, titled Sub Rosa America. And it's a fictional approach to the real history of America. And she's a writer, ghostwriter, teacher, storyteller, and lecturer who researches and writes on deep state issues such as geoengineering, MK Ultra, ritual abuse targeting, and directed energy weapons. And her website is her full name. Her first name is spelled E-L-A-N-A, and then last name Freeland, F-R-E-E-L-A-N-D. So it's ilanafreeland.com. But again, we're going to talk about this book titled Geoengineered Transhumanism. So Ilana, welcome to the show. Thank you for the uh, agreeing to the interview. Well, I'm, I'm honored that you invited me. Thank you. Awesome. Well, for people who may not have heard your name, not familiar with your books or some of your past research, can you do an overview and then talk about led, what led you to write this book, Geoengineered Transhumanism? I started out years ago uh, researching everything under the sun for the Sub Rosa America series that I was writing. Um I'm the kind of writer that follows my nose. So I just kept researching and researching and looking under the rug and pulling out things that didn't make sense. And no, and I already knew some things. I'd done a lot of research on MKUltra, about 10 years worth. And so uh, one of the files was on chemtrails. And I had another file on HARP the high-frequency active auroral research project up in Gakona, Alaska, a very big, giant, acres and acres uh, ionospheric heater used to control the planetary ionosphere. So I had these two files. Then I met Clifford Carnicum, the independent scientist. In I met him in when I was living in Santa Fe, and uh, we started talking. I had a biology background, so he started telling me some of the stuff he was collecting from condensation uh, in northern New Mexico after these jets would fly overhead in what used to be a very, very deep blue sky. But he could see that uh, the flotsam and jetsam coming out the back of the jets was not contrails, a condensation trail. He could tell by the chemical signature that it was a chemical trail. And so he was collecting what he could find through his, uh, through condensation, uh, snow, et cetera, and his HEPA filter. Uh, 
And what he was finding was, well, a lot of aluminum, barium, strontium, a lot of uh, very tiny particles uh, that his microscopes could just discern. And then he was also finding uh, biologicals, all the way from erythrocytes, uh, red blood cells, to uh, globs of stuff. So um, Clifford was, uh, he knew he was on to something. He had worked for the Department of Defense before. He had worked for the Bureau of Land Management as a scientist. And he had finally gone off on his own and was basically contracting on his own. So uh, I, uh, I began to uh, pay attention to what he was saying. Uh, he had a special red wine test that we did uh, where you, you clean your teeth and then you slosh red wine in your mouth for five minutes and spit it into a, a clean jar and, and then uh, wait for it to either, uh, uh, you'll eventually see as it all settles, you'll begin to see certain fibers that actually move on their own motility. Oh, that was a, that was a shock. Um, and um, then we began to do the red wine test with as many people as we could find in the area and, um, and always finding these, these uh, filaments. And um, this was the beginning of his work on Morgellons, uh, which is a bad name for a nanotechnology I subsequently found out uh, that it had been uh, biologically engineered. So um, Clifford was the beginning for me. And when I got back from England, uh, where I did some work for Adam Parfrey at, um, at Feral House Press, uh, Adam asked me if I thought I could write a book on chemtrails. And I said, sure. Uh, and uh, so I wrote that first book, Chemtrails Harp, and um, I had Clifford in there. I did a big study of his work. Uh, I also did a deconstruction of uh, the harp patent by Bernard Eastland that explained how the entire atmosphere was to be turned into a massive battery, a massive antenna, and uh, how it should be done. Um, and it was an important book, but it was a kind of meat and potatoes book. Uh, and I certainly learned a lot by writing it. And that's something that writers do. They learn as they go, too. Uh, and then that book gave birth to Under an Ionized Sky because I encountered a very important personality who sadly has just died uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Billy Hayes, the harp man, we call him, because he, he headed up the team that uh, actually built the harp antennas, the phased array antennas up in Gakona, Alaska. And Billy heard me on Coast to Coast after that first book and contacted me and said, I have got a lot more for you about where this is going. So Billy was my right-hand guy throughout that whole second book. And we went on radio shows until it became dangerous uh, for him because it seemed like every show we went on they, they, the ubiquitous they, were giving him a grand mal seizure. And uh, I finally realized, whoa, this is, this is too much. So I slowly withdrew from Billy for his own safety and, I guess, mine as well. 
And um, eventually um, that book uh, came out and um, I, you know, I gave Billy several copies and, and we kind of went our different ways because by then I realized that the next thing I needed to say before I was done with geoengineering and saying everything that I could say being a non-expert was the biological part. And um, lo and behold, as I start that book, that last third book, two and a half years ago or so, what happens? Boom, we end up in the CV-19 drama. And uh, so I took an extra several months of being glued to my computer as breaking news every day about biologicals that I recognized as coming from nanotechnology. Uh, going back to Morgellons, certainly there are parts of Morgellons as Clifford did the analysis of it and broke into the filament and discovered organs inside that uh, do various things. Uh, I, I realized that Morgellons was the precursor of what is now in the serums that are being inoculated into people for a transhumanist breed of human, a, a hybrid human uh, that um, will be what they call BCI, brain computer interface human, uh, a human being that um, has been genetically altered so as to be uh, able to be run by AI systems. This all fits into what I believe is the secret space program that Catherine Austin Fitz has talked about. And, um, and, and da Daniel, uh, who I just saw a message from uh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel Lewis. List. Yeah. Uh, they've talked about it. Um, and I, I then just kept writing. Uh, I've never, never had writer's block. I don't know what people are talking about when they talk about writer's block. My problem is I handwrite everything in pencil. I'm obsessive about this. I will not write something original on the computer because I don't want the machine between me and my thought. So uh, I just can't write quite fast enough uh, with pencil, but then I immediately put it into my hard drive and then work on it from there. So I'm not completely uh, 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 obsessive. Um, so two and a half years roll by and uh, I realize I've got to cut a couple of chapters or this book's gonna top over a thousand pages, which is just too embarrassing. Uh, and so, um, I got the book ready. I had left Feral House, friendly leaving. They did a great job on my first two books. I just wasn't making enough per book. It's very hard for writers who aren't New York Times book uh, book review people. Um, and um, and I, uh, I found the right person to format the book, fantastic formatter, uh, and, uh, and I've People have come forward to help me. Just it's amazing with money and and uh, and expertise, and I felt that I had a big enough fan base that I could go on my own, and and that has proven to be true. So the book is out. It goes all the way from doing an up, uh, a, a, a looking at geoengineering and what it has become today, because we're a few years down the road from the 2018 book. 
And, uh, and then going into looking at the smart city, which is very important to understand how dangerous the smart city is, how armed it is, how armed the smart hospital is, uh, so that people can make these decisions about their lifestyles, their uh, faltering immune systems, whatever it is. I wanted them to have as thorough a picture of this amazing um, takeover of the environment that we take for granted. We're all breathing the same air. We're, we're all uh, under the same sky. We have day into night. We have winter into spring and summer. I mean, this environment that for thousands and thousands of years has been God's environment, the nature's environment, that which uh, is, is something that we all hold dear to us and, and also can be very dangerous. Uh, suddenly, uh, I am now proving beyond the shadow of a doubt that control over this environment has been achieved by the secret space program that no doubt was, goes all the way back to Operation Paperclip of bringing the Nazis over uh, from Europe before the war was ever over, before the World War II was over, and giving them carte blanche to our space program, our rocket program, our hospitals, our mental institutions, our military bases, you name it. And, uh, and what has happened instead is this concerted, intentional effort to approach changing the human being uh, from the vantage point of complete control over the environment. And that's, of course, what they call epigenetics. It's an epigenetic approach to uh, absolute control and the conversion of a large swath we now see of humanity into transhuman hybrids. Uh, that's basically the trail that I cut through all of this throughout the 690 pages and 60 illustrations of the book. Yeah, it's incredible. And you, uh, one of the interesting things that I took away from the intro of the book is you had a quote stating, physical sovereignty is the most important political battlefield in your life. And I think that that's really it. And you mentioned full, full spectrum dominance. These people have put together dominance from the smart meters to the smart cities to the environment and chemtrails that really is a full takeover of God's uh, environment, really, into a new kind of thing that we're part of. And I think that the vaccines, would you agree the vaccines are part of that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. Uh, they're not. Th there are three delivery systems uh, of the nanotechnology that avails them of being able to pull this off. The first one is obviously the chemical trails. Those are of jets, drones, and rockets. Uh, the second delivery system is the GMO foods that everybody in America blithely eat as if they're natural when they're not. These are not natural foods. These, these are not from nature. These are genetically modified seed 
called Terminator Seed years ago. That's how I encountered them oh, 20, 25 years ago. And then the third delivery system is, of course, the almighty vaccine. And uh, this particular breed of uh, genetic uh, drive uh, vaccine, I suppose you could call it, obviously they've had to completely change the uh, you know, I was looking at the Merriam-Webster uh, definition of vaccination or vaccine like two years ago and going, whoa, they changed it. Well, it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah. So uh, this has been a, a, a tremendous move because now it now comes in the other part that I actually share with Daniel List uh, that I referred to earlier from his message. Uh that dark journalist and I also look at this other level of the occult uh, brotherhoods, secret societies, uh, Klaus Schwab types, global elites, whatever you want to call them, the people that have the resources and the uh, the power structure for not just now, but for what well, almost I'd have to say thousands of years. Uh, that are now making a big move. And why are they making the big move now? Well, of course, my opinion is because the environment is a, is a done deal. It's a done deal. I mean, the last piece before the nanotechnology was the wireless electromagnetics. And what, what had to happen before that so that the sky, the atmosphere, would be able to handle the load of millions of wireless transactions constantly 24-7, well, that had to be done chemically and electromagnetically. And that's, of course, what Project Cloverleaf, which is where it all started, that was the beginning of the takeover of the atmosphere that Clifford Carnicum, when he would pull out his devices to check the, uh, the atmospheric uh, barometer, whatever it was. He's reading over and over again that the atmosphere has been changed. And, uh, and this, this is very concerning, as you can imagine. This is the air we breathe, for one thing. And so, uh, you know, this huge thing going on right in front of our faces and the stories that they told to cover it over were, climate change, global warming, carbons, that whole spiel from 2015 on. And, and, and that was so obvious to all of us who were pursuing the uh, exposure of geoengineering and what it really is, that it has nothing to do with ameliorating uh, climate change, with you know bringing down the temp by blotting out the sun with these uh, these so-called cirrus clouds, which are not real cirrus clouds anymore at all. They're made of plasma. They're electromagnetically made with chemicals and nanotechnology. Uh, you know, the, the, the environment is becoming an artifice that appears to be natural. Of course, they always want to make it the same appearance so we're not disturbed or we don't start questioning things. Um, but uh, all that had to be done before they could do something like what has happened in the last two years. 
where they could, um, I mean, they had to control the media, of course. We can't do without that. I mean, everybody is, you know, everybody's perception and life is mediated now by the media. You find out what you think and what you perceive by finding out what the TV says it is and what the iPhone says it is. You don't, we don't have any, we're, we're, we've been cut off from nature and, and nature herself is, has been uh, manipulated in such a way that uh, even if we had her in front of us, we, we no longer have the ability to perceive her unless we make a radical life change, like, right. you know, go off grid or right. uh, any of that. We, we, you know, eat naturally. I mean, I do eat naturally. I eat organic. I've eaten organic since the 60s because I'm a, I'm a 60s uh, holdover. <laughs> and I've, I've never given up. Uh, on my youth, uh, you know, it was not a phase I went through. <laughs> I was just getting started back then. So um, how do we face this now? And that's what I try to to give people in this book as a, as a sort of handbook, a tool that can be used to prepare ourselves because you can't go to the doctor and he'll fix you. He doesn't know anything about nanotechnology. No. <laughs> he does. He, he, he's, bought, he's bought the program because he's AMA stamped, like USDA stamped. Um, so uh, we, we now are going to have to become responsible for our health, for our perceptions, uh, start thinking again, throw the boob tube out. I've never owned a television once, not even once. Uh, I don't own an iPhone. It's a weapon system. Why do I want to have another <laughs> weapon system around? I have my computer. That's the only weapon system. Well, and my, and my landline. That's one of the things you point out in your book is this dual use technology. So you think you're yes. getting this communications thing on one side, but really they're monitoring you everything. Yeah. They know where you are. Same thing with the smart meter. And that's really the, the, the present. It's not the future. It's now. They can it's really now. monitor. Google can find out where you are every time you're on their website. So people have got to get out Exodus out of digital Egypt immediately. It's all now. It's all now. And it, and now the transhumanism is now. I wish I could say it was in the future tense, but it's not. We're, we're there. And now we have, uh, I, I never know what numbers to believe, but let's say we have a billion people in the earth, uh, on the earth who now have been inoculated. How many of those batches were loaded for genetic drive transformation? I don't know. But I would say that a large, large swath of humanity are now on a different evolutionary trail than I am. That's, no, that's really sure. incredible. And you make that point, the 5G's working with all these different things like you're in a completely different environment. It's off the charts. And I think there's similarities between the Morgellons and what's in these vaccines, what people can tell. I don't know the totality. It's I have had two. My prior interview was about transhumanism as well. But like there's things in there that are self rep like Morgellons, where they're coming together by themselves and self-replicating. And yeah, they're self-replicating. And that would be the graphene oxide is the new thing that we now know about. 
And we now know since the murder, I have to say, of the doctor, uh, Dr. Andrew, I can't remember his last name, uh, Noakes, I think his name was, uh, who discovered the graphene hydroxide, which is like little razor blades running through your body. Uh, and um, it, it seems obvious that um, whatever this is, it's anti-human. And, and that's, you know, that brings up an interesting point. I'm sure a lot of people would immediately jump into, oh, it's off-planet ETs, uh, it's alien technology, the government has cut a deal with. I don't normally jump there, uh, though I'm not at all sure that there aren't entities uh, that are very sharp, that lack bodies and are looking for human bodies to nestle into. I, I, could, I could go for that, but I can't prove it. What I can do is follow the trail of details leading to the devil's lair. And the devil's lair has to be always anti-human. And I don't mean just... Uh, you know, like a like a Klaus Schwab who's been raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. I mean, I mean people who abandon their humanity in a variety of ways. They don't realize that even though it may be secret and you aren't telling anyone about this abandonment of your true humanity, you know, and, and we'd have to have that discussion, wouldn't we? What is a true human being? Well, a true human being, if you ever meet one who is, who is so beautiful and so wise and so committed to seeing the world as a large enterprise of human evolution toward free will, um, if you ever meet one of those people, you have met a real human being. And I'm not talking about just having a head and a torso and two arms and two legs. <laughs> that doesn't mean much of anything to me anymore. Right. I mean, you just don't know. Some of these ghouls who are on the TV talking about these vaccines are monsters. They're on par with Mengele. They're as evil as you could imagine. And they have some kind of secret agenda. It's just like the Nazis when they often murdered people. They made a lot of money at the same time. So I see these guys in the same vein. And, yes. Uh, and yet really it seems it almost seems more evil, doesn't it? But but let's talk a minute. I don't want you to go away without hearing about the nanotechnology. I want to explain some things to people because this this revolution, this nano revolution, was done very quietly. And um I sort of discovered it, yeah, through my research for the second book. I was looking at rocket fuel and at uh, jet fuel and, you know, figuring out, wow, there's a lot of nanos in there, a lot of nanoparticles. Okay, so what are the qualities of nano? nano a nano is one billionth of a meter. So very small. You're not going to be able to see it. And who's going to be able to afford a 5,000 power electron microscope in order to see it. So uh, right away, um, it piqued my interest and I began to read books on nanotech. Uh, uh, Eric Drexler was the founder of nanotech and when he was in grad school back in the 70s, um, he, his idea was, if, if, it, if I can believe what I read, his idea was very, very typical of a young man who had a lot of science skill. He wanted to 
he wanted to bring forward nanotechnology and the ability to lay one atom next to one atom next to one atom next to one atom to build building blocks that you could just uh, set it in motion with a computer uh, and an algorithm and boom, you could build an entire jet. Boom, you could build a ship. You could build a factory. You could build a wall. You could build whatever, uh, a garment factory. Um, everything would be free our labor up, he thought. We would then be freer. We would be freer to do creative things in life, to do uh, you know, the good things in life that all of us want to do, but we're all paying the mortgage or raising the kids or whatever. So uh, his idea was that, but on the other hand, he also knew that here's the, the Chinese have this wonderful phrase, the bigger the front, the bigger the back. Okay, the, the front would look good. The back was that if ever the nanotechnology took over, it could devour anything around it. It would just munch it up and it would be gone, disintegrated, boom. Uh, and that's what stopped Eric Drexler from, he, he sat on it for a few years, but now I know the U.S. military. I know that they watch grad students. I know that they knew about this amazing technology. And so I sort of read between the lines of these books I was reading that never said this, but certainly pointed in that direction that the military knew all about this nanotech. Uh, at least by, I'd say, the late 70s. The 70s were just pregnant with all sorts of change that we are now facing uh, as a done deal. So so the nanotechnology, let's get down to the basics. I'm not going to talk about building walls and stuff, but you, you saw that I had that one chapter on the geoengineered fires in California. Right. Yes. And that's where I, I had an aha moment through uh, the uh, filming of a guy who did 100 films, Jamie Lee. He's a, uh, a videographer. He did 100 films on the California fires because that's his home turf. That's his home. He wanted to, to show people what's going on with these fires that are being geoengineered from the sky. Uh, and in one of those films, it's called Paradise Lost, number 51. I highly recommend it to everybody. He's talking with an anonymous uh, nanomaterials scientist, high level, PhD, uh, scared to give his name. And we're hearing about the nanotech and what it can do as we're watching some drone footage of the fire spread, spreading in California. Yeah, the Paradise Fire was off the charts, like it, it came off out of the charts, and yet, super fast. You know what was happening was it's like the fire was choosing one house and then, then uh, a bit going beyond the next one, and and then choosing that house and going beyond. And then as I'm looking, I'm watching the film, and I'm going, "Wow, look at those embers! Those embers are like that must have been a really strong wind because those embers are moving fast." And then I realized, wait a minute. Those aren't embers. That's nanotechnology. It's a phalanx of nanotech that's being remotely run by some kid sitting on a laptop in the middle of Colorado, deciding, following his list of whose home is going to burn and whose home isn't going to burn. 
And then I watched the, those same nano phalanxes zooming down a highway on their way to the next pit stop where they had a task to do. And then I thought, wow, you can't see a nano because you don't have one of those expensive microscopes, but <clears throat> you can see them move because they move in phalanxes. They move, it's called swarm consciousness and they all share it. So now let's shift from there to our bodies. We've breathed these babies in. We have trillions of nanosensors and nanobots in our bodies and brain because they have an easy time getting through the brain, the blood-brain barrier. So, so they're in there and what are they just sort of glomming up the works and settling into tissues and things? Well, some of them are actual nanobots, nanorobots, and they can be programmed from a distance. They can be reprogrammed. And now we hear that the serums of these, uh, these uh, human rights destroyers, uh, corporations, Big Pharma, we hear that they're loaded with nanoparticles, but we're not told that they're nanobots. We're not told that they actually have little tiny computers in them and are transceivers. They can receive and send. So, so now we, we have, you know, and, and the Morgellons people who have the sores on their bodies and have little wires sticking out of their sores, they, they have something that shows that it's there. The rest of us who don't have that, we have degenerating health, we have a very high rate of, uh, of uh, autoimmune conditions. And now we're being told that the latest uh, round of whatever they're saying it is, is actually AIDS, which means autoimmune uh, disorder, right? Autoimmune. Wired immune deficiency syndrome, right? So we are, uh, <clears throat> we are experiencing an assault on our immune system. And certainly these nanobots are no friends of the immune system. So, uh, but the immune system doesn't recognize them, you see. It's going to have to learn to recognize this uh, bioengineered uh, stuff. And Clifford Carnicom nailed it when he renamed part of the Morgellons what's inside the filament as the uh, cross-domain bacteria. It was a bacteria that had been genetically altered uh, uh, and uh, weaponized that uh, is now in us, in everybody. And it produces and reproduces. And we have, we have the hydrogel in us, we have the graphene oxide, which is extremely uh, conductive. And again, it's always self-replicating. What is it doing? It's making a network in us. So now we see these latest uh, films of what uh, the wonderful researchers all over the world are finding inside the serums. And, uh, and we're discovering, wow, uh, there are tiny little uh, circuit boards 
<laughs> little circuit boards and uh, and instruments being injected into people along with software. Uh, and um, they are being plugged in in a different way. I am where I'm not vaccinated. Uh, I'm plugged in, but not to the degree, not the genetic degree that the uh, the inoculated are. So, the shots, right. so we're we're having to now really begin to look at the synthetic biology level. You see, synthetic biology, they want to make us believe that it's just this narrow topic among many other topics. No, it's not narrow at all. It's very, very large. And uh, the synthetic aspect means artificial, not natural. And this is the direction they want to send us in. Some of them, I think, have a big argument going with God and nature. They want to be gods themselves. They want to run this planet. They want to run the human beings on it. They want to explore space. Uh, but they need a different kind of human body if they're going to get uh, through the even the Van Allen belts. <laughs> it's total radiation. Yeah. You're not going to get strong. through there. Yeah, super you know? strong radiation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, there's a very big dream, which is now our nightmare, that many of these uh, these elites have had for a long time, and a big move has been made recently. And even right. though, what it is is the old feudal neo feudal system with synth bio now. So. Their dream of being an elite yeah. ruling over the slaves. And you said it very profoundly. It's like they're creating the humans as a either a homo nuclei or a golem or something, which is really uh first it's it's most really a most horrific step in humanity that we've seen. Like if people have gotten shot for a billion, but you we're still being exposed, whether if even we didn't get the shot, we're getting it through Frankenfoods, through the environment anywhere contact with other yeah people. we're being loaded we're, we're constantly being loaded and that's the problem when people say well Ilana what can I do what can I do to get the nanobots out of me well I always recommend Tony Pantaloresco a Canadian herbalist up in Ottawa uh, Tony has many people come to him uh, because he he completely experimented initially on himself. He had Morgellons very badly. And uh, he is the one who discovered, oh, yes, you know, Morgellons, that's the wrong name. This is really nanotechnology that I'm dealing with here. So he, he has a variety of things that people can start doing as maintenance. But you understand, it has to be a maintenance because... They're still loading things up in the atmosphere and we're still breathing them. And a lot of people are still eating GMO foods, just like they're still using microwaves loaded with the weapon magnetron in their kitchens. I mean, it's like, excuse me, am I speaking English after all these years? I've been saying over and over and over, get rid of this technology. So how do you do it? What does he recommend? What protocols? Well, I do his baths, and the baths are electrolytic baths. It's just a run run a bath and put in a cup of baking soda, a cup of 
Epsom salts, a cup of uh, boron or borax, and uh, I add a cup of sea salt for measure because uh, a lot of the water I'm getting is chlorine infested. So, uh, you know, you lay in there and, and you, I do the bath only once a, a week. I should do it more, but I only do it once a week. And, uh, and if you want to see what's coming out, uh, you should do the bath maybe three nights in a row and turn off the lights in the bathroom, have a good LED flashlight and watch the surface of the water because you're going to see those you're going to see those phalanxes whizzing around on the surface of the water. So you've seen those when you've done that. Yes, I have. Wow. That's so um, that's one thing. He has a thing called the triangle. You can go to his site, Tony Pantalaresco, P-A-N-T-A-L-L-E-R-E-S-C-O, and. Um, the triangle is where you set up an, a, a magnetic field with the triangle that you've made or he made and you paid him to make it. And you put that over yourself while you're in the bath. Maybe you're having some pain in your kidneys or on your knees or something. You put that right over it and boom, they're dead because uh, it, it, it pulls them out of the joints in particular. So uh, that that whole uh, the triangle, and then he has he has a variety of uh, of things that he thinks you should um, be taking uh, different uh, like zinc and things like that. I'm not a supplements person. I pretty much follow uh, a um, what Robert O. Young, the naturopathic doctor, is saying, which is an alkaline acid. Uh, balance in my diet and I don't eat much meat. I mean, I've been on this diet for 50 years. It works. I haven't been to a doctor since I was 13. I'm 74. Nothing hurts. Everything works. Uh, I just eat the food that, uh, because these, these nanos, they love acidity. They love it. And uh, all the, uh, the wireless technology I'm surrounded by, by in my apartment complex, uh, that that all that all creates acidity. So you 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 know the only thing I try to do is to make my diet alkaline so that I can balance that out and not be eaten alive by the nanotech. Right. I mean, it's really incredible what's happening. And you talk the intro to your book. You talk about Charles Charles Lieber, who I think recently got arrested. He's going to jail. Oh well, yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, we one. know we know he's he's just one of many, right? I mean, you know, they're gonna kind of sacrifice him, uh, <laughs> but uh, but there are many, many more. Right. I mean, it's pretty scary. Like, there's a lot in this book. I mean, and I think that the occultism too of the drive in my last show, I talked about it too. It goes back to the garden. We shall be as gods. We're gonna try to live forever but throw in the neo-feudalism as well because they're going to have the benefits of these technologies or whatever. And the peasants can go pound sand, you know? Right. And, and, and I want to say a word for humanity. I mean, I, I get tired of hearing people say, Oh, the planet would be better off without humans. Uh, no, no, that is absolutely wrong. The planet, our lovely, beautiful planet and 
being human are like, we're like this, we're connected. The planet can't do without us and we can't do without the planet. We need this planet for our development. That's why we come here over and over and over and over again. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not a walk in the park to be here. There's a lot it's of clear. moral decisions to be made here. And a lot of people get the idea that uh, the way it should be is everything's easy and, and lovely and everybody loves each other. And I, I don't know, what, where did they get that idea? I mean, uh, this, is, this is, yeah, okay, the prison planet. Uh, or the silent planet, as C.S. Lewis wrote in one of his uh, in his trilogy, his science fiction trilogy. It is what it is, and this is where we develop and develop true free will, and then become real human beings, not just the ones who go around and and take what they want and and screw everybody else and and you know and oh, I'm a capitalist and I'm a this and I'm a that. No, the the real human being has these beautiful qualities and and we need to pursue them. We need to be tested and go through trials and tribulations. And that's what we're doing right now. This, what's going on right now uh, is no surprise to me because I have been squawking and trying to wake people up for my entire adult life since the sixties. And people have chosen convenience, comfort, and self-indulgence and uh, and uh, being uh, being special uh, over other things they could have done in other times, and now it's too late. Now we're going to have to go the hard way, not the easy way, the hard way. So okay, that's the decision that we collectively have have gotten involved in, and I'm willing to do that. I, I, and, you know, fight as I go each step. And that's what we all should do. We all should help each other and not give up. I don't want to hear any more about suicide. I, I don't want to hear about uh, taking antidepressants from Big Pharma of all places to take. <laughs> why, why would you take anything from Big Pharma? They're not even antidepressants. It's another thing. Like, it's not really a vaccine. But the antidepressants aren't really antidepressants. They put you in a fugue state. Well, don't and, feel anything. and some of them, I have met young people who have been put on antipsychotics from being moody in high school by their so-called loving parents uh, who have even told me that they are like possessed by entities that follow them into their nightmares and they can't, they stop taking the drug, you know, whether it's Prozac or some other thing. They're not taking it anymore, but wow, it's the effect remains. Right. And There's and a, yeah. what is going on there? You talk about the occult. The first people I would look at when you're talking occult and corporate is big pharma. That is exactly yeah, where I would go. Yeah. It's so most of those pills are hurt you more than they'll help you. A lot of those, especially yes. Those I mean. If people can read still, I, I, I sometimes think, you know, I write books, but I know people don't read. Go figure. I'm, I'm writing these books for the future is how I feel. Uh, I don't really, um, I know how it is. People are having, they're surrounded by wireless technology. Uh, they can't read anymore. They can't concentrate. They can't remember. Uh, everything's wiped like from page to page. I, I get it. I get it. This is a huge challenge. 
But uh, if people can just get some verses that they love, things that, that will make them, will deepen them while they're facing this tribulation we're all going through now. Uh, it, and, and really, um, and feed that higher self. Always feed that higher self. And do not allow the lower self, uh, you know, the lower three chakras, however you want to look at it, drag you down into a morass that is more difficult to get out of. Uh, we're all in this together. And, you know, we've got some great company. We've got some great company fighting. Uh, and, uh, and I never forget that. Thousands of people are fighting. And, uh, and we just need to keep our higher self high and keep it protected and not allow the TV. The TV is a programming instrument. It is a, it is a weapon system. Yes. Whether you have an HD and a big screen or whatever you've got, plasma, it doesn't matter. Behind that screen is a camera. Go ahead and unplug the whole bloody thing. That won't make a bit of difference. It'll still work. And it's still microphone. And whatever programming you're getting, you are not smart enough to get around that programming, let me tell you. I mean, just look at the people lining up for an inoculation. Just look at that. Do you know what that's from? Every one of those people has a TV. I would bet on it. Yeah, I would too. Mass formation psychosis right there out of the glowing, flashing light TV. Um, Ilana, we're at about 50 minutes. Do you have time to take a few questions? Sure. Awesome. Uh, one is from Joseph. He asks, will they be able to reach a point where they don't have to vax the population but can put that nanotech directly in the food supply? Well, in the food supply and uh, and what's coming from the sky, we are now breathing graphene oxide. They use it every winter to make nucleated ice and snow because we don't have real snow anymore. Did you know that? No. We have nucleated. And so... Uh, what does that they, mean? Uh, well, that they're creating snow out of chemicals. Hmm. And they... Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. You have to read one of my books. Uh, I just, I define it in there. Um, so I look out, I live in the Pacific Northwest and I, I, it's like, I live in a cloud. I live in a total cloud chamber. And, uh, sometimes we get a fog that is so chemically inundated, saturated, that I know I cannot go outside. Now, what kind of a world is this where I cannot go outside because it is so chemically saturated? It's really tragic, it's tragic. So uh, be careful and people who run, please be careful. Do not run in the first hour to hour and a half of rain, of a rain ever. Uh, you will be chemically uh, hit. And those chemicals, because where do they come from? Big Pharma. Where are the serums coming from? Big Pharma. Do you think they're not going to correlate those two to work together? They are. They're, they're doing it together. That's what I would say to Joseph. Gotcha. Thank you. And then um, John Basiglione asks, does Alina feel that she... 
is making any headway in academia. She has been, has she been able to convince any of the educators she has been associated with? Oh, alas, alas. What can I say? If you don't have that almighty PhD programming, conditioning behind your name, people don't think that you are much of a researcher or a writer or anything. But that said, my last book, Under an Ionized Sky, uh, the translation rights were purchased by a publisher in Serbia who uh, then uh, published a, and sent me a copy in Cerulean, the Cerulean alphabet. And it is now a textbook used at two technological universities. And why does that make me feel good? Well, yeah, okay, university, but also that is Tesla's land. And that's why they did this because this is the only book under an ionized sky that makes clear how Tesla's technology has been weaponized by the West. Awesome. And then another one is, is Alana familiar with Ivan Illich's medical nemesis work? Are you familiar with that? No, but I, I'm somehow familiar with Ivan Illich's name. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Isn't that like Ivan Illich Lenin? I don't know. Um, and then another one from Oswald is, does Alana think the recent surge of interest in anthroposophy in Steiner will be significant enough to make an impact on the post-COVID world? Well, I, I, I'm just thrilled to see that since, uh, to me, since Tom Cowan, MD, and Dietrich Klinghart, MD, quoted Rudolf Steiner in two film presentations of them speaking, uh, about how Steiner a hundred years ago said that that a vaccine would be created which would take people's minds off of the soul or spirit, um, that Rudolf Steiner is experiencing a surge of interest because I myself have been, what, 40 years now studying Steiner. I was a Waldorf teacher, started helped start four Waldorf schools. Um, and um, this is a remarkable, a remarkable initiate. And an initiate, you'll have to look it up. It, it's not just a guy. This is, uh, this is someone with tremendous development as a human being, as I told you, uh, a truly good, good person. Um, so yes, I, I can only hope that people will check him out because uh, we, need, we need help. <laughs> All right. And you mentioned Steiner in your book, too, a couple of times. I also found some information in your book. I was surprised you stated that Michael Aquino was involved in the Zodiac killings. I had heard that. But do you have confirmation of that, that he was involved? Well, I have uh, I have confirmation. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to follow up with you. I want to yeah. know about your MK Ultra research, too. I'm curious about that. Oh, that's a whole other show. I know. Well, I've actually been going through some of Jolly West stuff. And, uh huh. Uh, well, the best book on mind control is Operation Mind Control by Walter Boert. Yeah. And Walter Boert, uh, he wrote that in 78, I think. And I think the uh, intro was Richard Condon too, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a really good book. I just finished uh, writing a book for an MK Ultra. I do that as because they don't have any money. I do it pro, pro bono, as they say. 
because I want more and more MK Ultra stories out there. I want people to know what has been going on in this country since uh, the Dulles brothers uh, sold us out uh, to the paperclip Nazis. Um, so um, I think you mentioned a couple killer, a couple strange events. Like you were keyed into some dates in times where some of these mass shootings occurred. I think one was in LA or in the Valley, right? I um, can't remember, but like right after an election or things like that, like really remarkable. Oh, I'm, I'm all about that. And then my Sub Rosa America series is all about that. It's, it's really all about MKUltra and a nation that was MKUltra'd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what people think. It's just an independent thing, but no, yeah, they can apply it to the society. That's and it's still going about. on, but it's now uh, what much worse because it's EMK Ultra. It's electromagnetic. Electro it can be all done remotely now. It's really scary, and there's still victims out there. I'm sure some of these guys. I'm, I've looked at the Colorado shooting. That mm -hmm. guy, something happened to him. His brain got scrambled somehow. Well, and, and who his Walker. dad was. Remember who his dad was? His dad yeah. was deep into the uh, establishment, the uh, military-industrial intelligence complex. Oh, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't yep. aware. But there were before and afters where he's very lucid. He's giving a lecture about the brain. Like, so he was, something happened. I don't know what it was. The next thing you know, he's like Patsy or something in some kind of, it's a whole other story. Yeah. Well, uh, Great to have you on. Excellent discussion. You have so much information. This book is really full of all of that knowledge. You can see you're keyed in and you're not, uh, you've learned a lot from a different, a lot of variety of different areas. That's just right. That's so right. I, I mean, that's the advantage of not having a PhD and being sent down one shoot right. into the stockyard. See, that's, that's the advantage of the uh, what I call the Ralph Waldo Emerson type of self-made person or Henry David Thoreau. You know, we began as a nation that admired that. What happened to us that we now need PhD and you know Harvard and Yale and and all these sold-out institutions behind our name? So um, to get the book, the black and white version. I want to be clear on this. The black and white version, I had to do that through um, a distributor because I'm, I'm doing this myself, right? I don't have my publisher anymore. Um, and uh, that black and white is a little cheaper and you get it from Amazon or your book, your local bookstore, they can order it from their distributor. Uh, if you want a color edition for the 60 photographs, then... Um, please contact the Dr. Rudolf Steiner bookstore. That's the name of it in Seattle, Washington. He's doing me a big favor by handling this. And it's only $15 more because we're going through another printer. We had, we did that because we wanted to have a color edition as well for just a little bit more. I uh, had to do it in this complicated way, but Hey, that's what comes of doing something yourself. Uh, and so, uh, Dr. Rudolf Steiner bookstore, and you can I'll put that in the show edition. notes too. I'll, I'll put the Dr. Rudolf Steiner bookstore yeah, in Seattle. You, I can send you the uh, URL for that. That'd be great. Yeah, I can do that too. And then your website, if people want to reach out to you again, is your full name. Like ilanafreeland.com. Yeah. Wonderful site. My web mistress is under constant assault. 
uh, and uh, it, it's it's taking everything she has to keep that site relatively undamaged. It's unbelievable what's going on now for a lot of us, uh, but that's the way it is. Right, and uh, all of your books on the American Amazon, they're like solid five stars. So I haven't read your other two books, but this one, yeah, really fascinating. So highly recommended. People check it out. Again, the title of the book is Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetics, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology by Ilana Freeman. So Ilana, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, William. All right, cool. Stay there. Stay there.